You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Uh, kick off the show here. <laughs> We're agreeing! Welcome to the Mafia Cast, part of the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast and Vidcast Network. I'm your host, Papa Ron, joined as always by my fellow host, Mike and Casey. Today, we are joined by Bill's Mafia legend, Jay Spence the King. How are you doing today? You were talking about me? Hey, what's up? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. What, uh, thank you. I don't know where that came from. What's <laughs> up? You've been here longer than us. So. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, legend. Wow, no, that's nowhere even near close to that. I, you know. <laughs> but thank you. Hey, and I mean, I'll take it because one of these days I will brains. be. Yeah, in my you got solid, man. You got solid. Yeah. What's going on, Casey? Mike, how you guys doing? Not bad. <clears throat> Long day of golf today out in the sun, but we're yeah. here, ready to do the show. Excited we to be here. Celebrated the birthday yesterday. We got Casey and his uh, their wife came out to the dirt track. <laughs> we got all filthy. That was an experience for them. That's First right. time for Lauren. So that's right. That's Mike, Mike's a, Mike's a year older than last time we all saw him. Yeah. It's really only like oh, a few what, days, what? but. 34? Three. 33. 33. Wow. Yep. Oh, you are getting old, man. You yeah. are getting man. It's not talking about it. As I hang around Ron, I'll feel a little younger. <laughs> I miss 33. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, it's a good year. Yeah. Uh, I'm feeling I'm good. I'm feeling good about one. it. It is a good year. If I could so. go back to 33, that'd be great. Yeah, Have a little party this weekend. <laughs> My back Come wasn't on. messed up when I was 33. I'll go back to 33. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I go back to 23. Oh, man, I'm 28 and my back's yeah. messed up. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, it's uh, good to be back here on the show. Uh, <laughs> glad to have you guys with us. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, we kind of had this conversation earlier about, about the heat. Um, and, Spence, you shared with us the, the temperatures there in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Wanna, share that with us again. Like, what's what's the high for the week, the highest one on there? Uh, for the week, I think is 118. Here, I look at, you know, I sent it wow. in the group chat that we all have. Yeah. It's 118. Today was 114, I believe. And um, oh yeah, the high is going to be 118. Actually, I, I, I just lied to you. Today was 117. So we were one away from the high. And it's been a consistent, we've been over 100 consistently for, uh, I think we're on day 16. I couldn't imagine. Let's, 
let's note he's telling us this while wearing a hoodie. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right. Everyone's right. got central air, right? Right. Yeah, but uh, yeah, trust me, you're outside enough too. But I, doing I, anything I, outside, I'm hoodies. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I'm hoodies. Take my dogs for a walk. I'm in a hoodie and sweats. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> We've been hitting uh, hitting triple digits here, and where I work, out of our local dam now, we have to wear jeans or some sort of pants, and I I hate it. I absolutely am so miserable by mid afternoon. Um, I can't wait for winter. I know you guys are like, hell no, I'm good with the summer, but yeah, I'm ready for ready for a break from this. Well, at least but, fall um, time is uh, football season. This is but true. I gotta enjoy the sun. Wait. Oh man, I mean, it's I told. Told you we only get like three months of this here in New York, and it, it was a beautiful 83 degrees today. So yeah, everybody in New York says it's too hot. You, you need to shut up. Sweating pretty good, but it's not killing <laughs> yeah. you. So it's just Ex- good for you. Exactly. <laughs> I walk outside and pull a weed, and I'm sweating. Yeah, um, but that might have more to do with being 47 and overweight. But hey. <laughs> Anyways, uh, this past week, uh, big a lot of talk about the running back market and uh, what that looks like these days compared to years past. And I don't know if you guys saw, there was a, a graphic going around that was comparing the average salary of the kickers in the league to that of the running backs in the league. Did you guys see that? Yeah. I did not. Well, I don't remember the numbers exactly, but the running backs was like one point something million. The kickers was two something million. And I, I kind of brought up the point where, okay, that – like the, the context of that is is misleading to me because you're talking about third, fourth string running backs, going to bring that number down. They're making the, the league minimum. Every team has three or four running backs. You've only got one kicker typically, and they're getting starter money. So to me, that graphic's kind of misleading. But we do want to talk about the market as it stands right now. And I'll start with Spence. And what do you think? Because I know you said something about LeSean McCoy on Twitter earlier this week and kind of comparing uh, you know, how Bill's Mafia should feel about the market and, and where it's headed. Well, I, I think I see it. If I'm if I'm being honest, I see it from both sides. So, from a business perspective, um, you obviously don't invest in an asset that you don't intend to keep for a long time, right? Like, so that's why Josh Allen. That's why the quarterbacks get the two hundred and fifty million dollar contracts because, yay, we want this guy to be our franchise guy. He's around for ten years. Okay, right. Um, so I get that. The running backs, they're overused by the time they get to the NFL. They've already – most running backs. James Cook is one that he's kind of – he's an anomaly. It just doesn't happen where he he didn't really have much. But um, in college, he didn't get as many opportunities. But most of these guys that are studs, studs like this in the NFL, they come out of college already being 85% of the offense in college. They probably were the best player on their team in high school. So for eight consecutive years already, they've already – run the ball 500 times in a season so you get to the nfl and then they they use you in your prime and then they chew you up so the problem that i have is that the contracts are five years you know typically four years five if it's the first rounder you you got the guy for the entirety of his prime and he's not able to go out and and make any real type of money for himself that's the thing that i hate so i see both sides of it we got Lashawn mccoy on a second contract though so bills fans should say well, not all. And I know, it, again, LaShawn McCoy is different. A lot of people do fall off the cliff when they hit 30. He fell off at like 31. <laughs> but, um, you know, a lot of people do fall off the moment they hit 30. I get that. But some of these guys are 28, 27. 
you got two and a half, three years out of him. I, I say, you know, I, I think Saquon Barkley definitely deserves a contract. Josh Jacobs gave us one great season, but I think he deserves a contract. I don't know. I get upset for the yeah. guys. Yeah. My argument against it has been the more the morality of it, not like the mortality where Saquon Barkley was, I mean, the forty percent of the Giants' offense last year, and he's going to make eleven million dollars this year, and the salary cap is what like two hundred and fifty-eight million or something like that, I believe. So he's making less than two percent of the entire salary cap, which I mean, going year by year, if I mean that eleven million dollars, that's going to put him in the upper echelon of running back like prices. But it's only the one year. So I just I, I Saquon Barkley like just deserves a contract. He I mean that offense would be absolutely nothing without him. I mean I, I I'm sorry Brian Dable, but we all know Daniel Jones truly isn't Josh Allen. He's not he doesn't elevate the wide receivers he has around him to make them that much better. So if you're going to be nothing without Saquon Barkley, wouldn't you rather just all right pay a little bit more, give him that money, and be in contention in try and try to win and not just be like, Oh, well, I guess we just don't want to pitch in another $2 million. We'll just go six and 10 again. You know, wouldn't, I mean, wouldn't 10, 10 and six or 10, 10, 10 and seven or seven, 10 be better. Spit it out. You guys know what I mean. I have my thoughts, but I'm going to let uh, Mike speak here before I kind of chime in. I don't know. It's just, it's tough. Cause we, we talk about all the passing, you know, that happens in the league, and, and sometimes, a lot of times, teams don't move the ball quick. I mean, you're not – if you're not breaking off 20-yard gains every time, I mean, I don't know. They're just passing the ball a lot more, right? So, uh, you know, that, that's the obvious one. You know, you're comparing them with the kickers, too. You, and, you know, I, I kind of get that. <laughs> you know, the kicker kicker's an, an important role on team. I mean, when you, if you can't get a touchdown – I mean, and you have to settle for three. You know, you, you got to count on that guy. Um, so I, I just really, just the way the league is now with with all, with all the passing, yeah. and I mean, and there's yeah. so many decent, so many decent <laughs> running backs too. I feel. I agree with ninety nine percent of what you said because I do agree <laughs> with what you're saying. I right. do like you're a hundred, like you are so right. But the thing is, it's like when you make when you say it that way, is it's to say it like the running backs are able to kind of be undervalued because there's so many of them. And my thing is, yeah, there are so many of them, but every team doesn't have a Saquon because if they did, the Buffalo bills wouldn't be struggling uh, to get Josh Allen, not to not lead the team in rushing, you know, like that wouldn't be an actual issue. And I know B is joking, talking about Daniel Jones's mitt. He is, you know, and you, you pay this guy $40 million a year um, when he's not the reason why you made the playoffs. So I, I just, I agree with what you said. Yeah. But I think I think it should come down to like team by team, case by case basis. And Saquon Barkley is the offense. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you that. Know? And I'm not like making that my argument, but more or less just saying I kind of understand it a little bit. Yeah. You know, as my, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of it. I, I think it really stinks for some of these guys, you know, that aren't getting paid. Um, but that's sort of I, I kind of just see that side of it, you know, that way. Here's here's how I can look at it, especially if you want to talk about Saquon Barkley. Put Devin Singletary in that position with the Giants and give him 40% of their offense. He probably puts up maybe not exactly similar numbers, but he's going to put up good numbers, and he's still 40% of the offense. 
I think that's where the problem comes in. Just like Mike, what you just said, there's, there's a lot of good running backs in this league. And I do think there's a lot of cheaper running backs that could fill that spot for the giants and still be 40%. I think to me, that is kind of overblown. That's like saying, uh, insert anybody and say they're 40% of the offense. doesn't mean they're necessarily good. And I'm not saying Saquon Barkley's not good because he's phenomenal. He's one of the best in the league. But there's a lot of good running backs that can fill that that spot. Here's the thing that we talked about last week on the Mafia Cast show. Uh, it's kind of a, a remedy for this issue because I do think there are some running backs that do deserve to to you know make some money and get that, get that bag before they hit that proverbial 27, 28-year-old wall, whatever age it is now. Do away with the rookie wage scale for, for running backs. Get rid of it. Put them on a tier. If you're the first first and second running back taking the draft, here's your wage scale. And make it a little bit higher than that of the, the, the other guys. Because typically, I think most people would agree, the running back position is one of the positions that you can come in as a rookie and typically excel at right away. It's not like quarterback where you have to develop a year or two or three or wide receivers who most of the time, unless you're Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase, take a couple of seasons to really get going. Um, same thing with offensive line. Def- like all these other positions typically take time, but the running back can usually jump on the field and immediately have success. And for that reason, I think they should be on a different wage scale. So they have that opportunity to make some money before they hit that, again, proverbial wall. Right. So now do we do we think this is could be like a crutch that like, teams are trying to save money and they're all just falling on that you know <clears throat> and just taking advantage of the situation i mean is it really worth it like why not pay these guys <laughs> or is it like teams are right yeah, are teams just rebuilding I um, no i think they're being smart financially i think they're looking at it as a business but um as a fan i look at it as a as a person driven business as opposed to an asset driven business so um you know, right. I'm not a billionaire, so I can, so it's it's easier for me to look at these guys like, oh man, Saquon deserves. Whereas to them, they look at it as this piece is only going to be good for another X amount of years. I don't want to invest this type of um, you know funds into it. So I get it. I just don't think it's right. You know. See that that's what I've been like. Yeah, it's just not right. Like morally, it's like just not yeah. right. I mean, yeah. these yeah. guys. I mean, these guys are beat to death all these running backs you know and they're and they're just tossed out after three years you know if they're an un if they're an unrestricted free agent i mean it's what right. i think it's two two years guaranteed like on the like as a rookie coming in like isaiah pacheco i mean he's the one that everybody's blaming for this because the chiefs go out and won a super bowl with a seventh round running back and so everybody's like oh well maybe you know maybe we can do that but you also like these teams also don't have patrick mahomes you know, so I, Isaiah Pacheco is or Andy Reid, yeah, or Andy Reid. So like he's not the main like the main point of that offense, which makes him so like that effective in my opinion. Yep, yeah, that's which is yeah, which is why these guys aren't getting these big contracts like they did back in the Barry Sanders and Smith days because they're not the focal point of the offense anymore. They only get ten to fifteen carries a game on average. Now again, with somebody like Barkley. But it's all in the style of offense. I mean, even take take the Ravens or Tennessee and insert – again, I'm going to use Singletary because a lot of people he, – he's not considered one of the top-tier running backs. But for people that have watched him play, I think we all can agree he can probably excel in a run-based offense. So if you plug him into those, maybe they're not as good, but they're still going to be effective. I mean, Singletary averaged 4.7 yards per carry for his career five years in. 
behind a suspect offensive line for his entire career on an offense that will not gear to run the ball. I think you use Pacheco as an example. I'm going to use Singletary as an example as well, that you can plug almost anybody into those into that spot and be successful still. So that's an argument against or for not paying the guys, maybe. Well, that's why they're not getting right. paid. But yeah. the reason they deserve it is because it's so short-term sometimes, right? Yeah, and there are just, some guys like Rory Collins mentioned here uh, with McCaffrey. Right. If your offense is built around them and they put up these types of numbers, then by all means they should get paid. Um, Saquon Barkley should, yes, probably get paid. But my argument is just for the, the position as a whole and why the market as a whole is, is falling down uh, because the position can be filled by just about anybody except maybe the four of us. I don't know, Spence. You might be able to step in. I, you, you let me. No, know. I mean everything that that everybody is saying. I, I, I'm agreeing with. I just look at it kind of. I think the way Casey was trying to explain it is is how I look at it. Where it's like, you know, it depends on the teams because, you know, yeah, we talk about the Super Bowl winning teams, but you know, the Super Bowl winning teams didn't need Saquon because they had Patrick Mahomes. Uh, prior to that, you had Tom Brady. You had, you know, the last. The last few Super Bowl winning quarterbacks or teams had great quarterback play. So it's it's to the point where the running backs aren't needed. If the Giants are gonna sniff the Super Bowl this year, they're not gonna do it without Saquon Barkley. They have they have Daniel Jones at quarterback. They're not going without Saquon Barkley. So it, it's I'm saying it's based on the team for me, but I get it. Around the league, I mean, this makes sense. You know, I think. I agree with Roy. Christian McCaffrey is is, but see, I think Saquon Barkley is one of those guys that fits in the same category as a Christian McCaffrey and and Derek Henry, and you know, there's probably what five or six guys in the league that I would look at and I would say they're in this conversation with Chris. I think Christian McCaffrey is the best running back, but yeah. there's there's a handful of guys that I put in the category with him, and Saquon is one. All right, just like the quarterback, those are the guys that can make or break the team. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> this is messed up. That's messed Casey, up. You have a new doppelganger. <laughs> I bet you I'm a better. I bet you I'm a better guard than he is, though. Oh man, <laughs> you better watch what you say, Case. Roy brings up another point here, and I did kind of think about this early in the week too. But uh, are you guys at all concerned about the fact that kids growing up not wanting to be running backs, so the the the, uh, the level of talent at the position kind of dwindling as well? Maybe the days of Saquon Barkley, Bijan Robinson, uh, if you want to throw him into that category, Derrick Henry. Maybe those days are few and far between going forward because of this reason. What do you guys think? That was my initial I was, thought. I was thinking thing. of that. I was like, that now, no, like nobody's going to want to play play running back in high school. You know, everybody's going to see the money's at corner, defensive end, quarterback, wide receiver, and everybody's going to be trying to focus on there if they really want to get paid and make, like make it in the league, which I mean, but there's always going to be a running back, you know, like in the game of football. So someone's going to be forced to do it. So no matter what it's the talent's always going to be funneled in, which is like not an issue, but like, it doesn't help, you know, it doesn't help solve it because no matter what, there's always going to be talent coming in at that position. All right. Some kids body sizes, you know, you got to be a running back because you're not built to be a receiver. You know, yeah, you're, so you're, some, at some five, point you're not going to have a choice, but definitely yeah. it, it, that's that has definitely been on my mind. This just reminds me when I was a when I was a kid. Um, I, of course, I grew up watching Barry Sanders, Thurman Thomas, Emmitt Smith. Those guys. I wanted to be a running back. 
that that was my goal was to be a running back. Mm-hmm. And I went even so far as to put ankle weights on and then run, just run. And my, my buddies would try to tackle me. And um, yeah, we probably look like fools out in the front yard doing that, but I, I just don't <laughs> see fun. guys. I don't, I don't see kids doing that nowadays. I see them kind of mimicking the, the Jamar chases and, and Jefferson's and all of those and, and looking at the running back position, like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to do that. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Everything could come back around too. Maybe the league changes some more down the road and it all circles back to the running back position again. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I agree with you wholeheartedly there, especially about when we were younger. Everybody, you know, I wanted to be Thurman. I wanted to be, you know, somebody running the ball because that was the cool, you know, it was the cool position. You juke everybody out, make everybody look silly. And, you know, now you're right. It's it's either it's either a quarterback because they're in love with Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. Or they're yeah. the receiver doing the one-handed catch, like Odell Beckham. Jr. Yeah, I mean it's a big time wants to do flashy place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sarah said today was talked about the NFL having this compensation pool for people who outplay their contract and they get a really nice bonus, maybe up that for for running backs. Uh, I think it's a great idea. Uh, maybe put it as a part of contracts that if you hit a certain, I mean, make it more incentive based, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think that's exactly what Sarah's saying with that, but. Uh, that could be one way. Like if you do hit these moments in the season statistically, then despite even if you're at the wage scale, the rookie race scale, you can still earn more based on performance. But it's got to uh, not come from the team, though. It has to be set by the league. You know, it's got to right. like, the league has to set that. Right. Like Let's so, like, it's, even, it's even across the board. To where yeah. if you're running back, if your rookie running back hits 500 yards, he gets an additional five hundred thousand dollars. You know, just throwing numbers out there. But I mean, just, it's that's the only way like it will be fixed is if it's just blank across the board. It can't be it can't be left up owner to owner. Otherwise, Dan Snyder happens all over again. <laughs> hey, Dan Snyder ain't happening nothing anymore. He Thank God, <laughs> my wife. My wife is so excited being a Washington fan. <laughs> Let me ask you guys really this really quick. As far as the the different positions, like Sarah mentioned, the different positions cycling around. Do you guys have a preference of the style of uh, of the NFL? I guess that you that you prefer. Like I, I always look at the old school days. For me, the old school being late eighties and nineties, and I think, man, I miss those days. Football was so fun. The game is still fun now, but there was just something different for me back in those days of watching the Joe Montana's and the Killers and Marinos. I just don't get that that feeling now. So if I could go back to those times, I would love to. But what do you guys think? Do you prefer the current style, or would you like to see more of the older? style football i'll start with spence uh i I think i'm with you i i like the the early 2000s but the the late 80s and early 90s were like the i miss the hits you know i miss the the, just the the ground that certainly yeah yeah but but the early 2000s to me i feel like was like the perfect blend of what we have now in the 90s 
Because I feel like you still had teams with led, you know, coached by Rex Ryan that loved to run and play solid defense. But then, you know, you were starting to see the Tom Brady led offenses that got Randy Moss for a season. And you started to see, um, you know, Peyton Manning be incredible. And so you started to see like teams, multiple teams turn into the passing, the high octane powered offense. And then you still had you still had that was this was right before they took out like the you know they put in the defenseless hit on the or hit on a defenseless receiver yeah. and this was before the fifteen yard penalties for I don't know like now you you know, you you laugh yeah. at somebody wrong and you get a fifteen <laughs> yard penalty so it was before that but it was like right you know so no that that was the best time for me. What about you, Mike? I kind of agree with that, and I I've always kind of felt like you got to have like a well balanced game. Like you can't have one without the other. You got to have running and pan- passing to balance each other out. But obviously, <laughs> that's that's a wrong take because you see you see numerous teams doing it uh, with, without running the ball as much. Yeah, but Casey. always you know the ground and pound and, and like Spence was saying, you know the the high impact hits and you know it's, the game's just not like it used to be. And it was an exciting time to watch football. Um, for, you know, some guys got pretty banged up. You know, so it's a good thing that there is, you know, these safety, more safety uh, rules involved. But man, it was it was a uh, quite a time to watch football. But yeah, you got to you got to have a balance. You got to have running. You got to have passing, and, and you can't do one without the other. So I'll be different, and <laughs> I, I mean, growing up, that like this is pretty much like what I know. You know, I mean, the, the early 2000s, I mean, that's when I really, I mean, I started learning and like, oh, the Bills, you know, becoming a real fan, you know, six, seven, eight years old. But the beauty of today's game, I mean, just the way quarterback, I mean, the plays quarterbacks can make, I mean, and just basically having the same brain as their wide receivers, you know, and just a play breaks down. I mean, you see it with Gabe and Diggs and Knox. And just how, just the way that they can, they just move around the field with Josh. It's it's just so like not. It's so pretty to watch. But I, I miss the hits, like the early two thousands hits. I mean, I'm glad we got Vontez perfect out of the game. I mean, he was. I mean, that was that was he was dangerous. I mean, that he wasn't yeah. playing football. He was going no, out. You don't want that. Yeah. Um. But the Troy Palomalus, you know, the Brian Dawkins, the Ed Reeds, like that, just that toughness, Ray Lewis, Takeo Spikes, all those guys just brought like, I mean, a, just a toughness on the field. And like, if you ran into him, you were, you were probably going down, not him, you know? So like that, that's what I miss. Like, like the pure physicality of it, the hard hits, the big hits. Um, but I, the beauty of like today's game, is, like to me, is just so it's just so aesthetically pleasing. I love it. It's so it's so fun to watch. It's like poetry, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's <laughs> also but I also didn't get to see you know the '80s and '90s, like the the true ground like ground and pound and play hard nosed defense like defense and run the football and control the control the clock. If, see, yeah. I wouldn't even say necessarily the 80s and 90s were like true ground and pound. I think you have to go back to like the 60s and 70s for the actual yeah. true ground well, and pound. Yeah. I think the 80s and 90s was kind of that transition of, of perfection between the two, uh, you know, that balance. And it went through the 90s. And to what Spence was saying a while ago, I think when Peyton Manning came along and he had Harrison and um, the other uh, guy. Reggie Wayne. Reggie Wayne. 
And then you had Manning with with uh, Moss. It, there was a, starting to be that gradual uh, change to the passing game. And you saw it in the college football first when they started spreading everybody out and going with that yeah. up-tempo. And then that just transitioned into the NFL as well. So um, we're going to move off of that topic because yeah. we are <laughs> way behind <laughs> already. Uh, but uh, this is something that, that Casey wanted to, to kind of talk about. Um, hypothetical trades. I'm going to tell you right now, I am not good at this because I'm terrible with values. Like I said pre-show, you've had wide receivers going for first-round picks and you've had wide receivers going for fifth-round picks, everything in between. So it's going to be interesting. But, but Casey, what do you got? Well, I'm going to let Mike take this one because he's been teasing me all week about his trade. So I want to hear what he's got to say. All right. <laughs> necessarily like a any a specific trade but it's it's something i definitely brought to casey's attention because it it definitely interests him and involves you know a player that he really likes it was a new acquisition uh for us actually so i i saw like one or two articles earlier this week talking about our guy uh, latavius murray who, who we just signed and possibly being trade bait and and um so now you know we, you're thinking of uh the running back situation we were kind of talking about uh saquon barkley and um also you know the delvin cook thing which i don't see that happen but you know something along the lines of you know maybe a team could use him and you know can't really afford the top running back right now maybe you know maybe him and a pick or a decent player to the giants for saquon or something like that but one of the articles might have said Cook, and I just – I really don't see that happening. <laughs> Please, no. Please not James Cook. Unless, I mean, if it's for Saquon Barkley, I think I'd part. I yeah. think I'd let it I think I'd let it happen. Right. So just to fill, fill Spence in, I don't know if you – I wouldn't be thrilled about it, but, like, I'd like, oh, we got Saquon. Like, I'd be yeah. – like, I would – it would be probably the most 50-50 I'd be on, be on a trade in a while. And I yeah. love James Cook, Spence. Like I freaked when we drafted him. So I mean, it it, it would it really do something. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think one year of of Saquon with Josh would be, you know, that's that's like LeBron and Wade. You know, yeah. like that's when. Was, but at the same time, one year, two years of of Saquon, we right. still got. But I, I would expect us but to. But if extend. it gets it done. I would ex- I would expect an extent if we were trading for him we would be I th- there's just no way Bean wouldn't extend him somehow some way I feel like you know for three years I mean you know two three years well but how long is it because remember we extended Shady and we we've got what three years two and a half years out of Shady two and a half yeah he hit a wall and I know Bills fans were upset when when they cut him but they were right you know he he every team he played every roster he was on after that he was just a he was a decoy he wasn't shady anymore mm-hmm. so is saquon do we want saquon for a three year but this is the question that the giants have so even me as a fan now at the top of the show we're saying like man it's so it's unfair give him the contract yeah but then in, in the same breath i'm sitting here saying like well if he comes to the bills do i would i want to extend him yeah, you know it's a real conversation. You know, I I, I want my money going to me. I, I get me another receiver for Josh. Yeah, get me somebody else on the offensive line for Josh. Like protect my quarterback, right. build that lineup, and get me receivers. Here's one I'll throw out at you guys because this is one that I've seen pop up on various uh, timelines here and there. Uh, trading for Cooper Cup. God, bad what word. Do you think that, 
Uh, what do you think that would look like? You like that? Oh, that would have to be. So I was looking into this earlier and part of it for me was sending, actually sending out Mitch Morse and getting Cooper cut like sending out Mitch Morse and draft picks and getting Cooper cut back in return. What draft picks? Just some? it would, it would be, yeah, I'd probably, One you know, a, a third and I mean a first Second and or third. a fourth, something like that. What do you think, Spence? Um, for Cup, <laughs> you're looking at two firsts. Like, you know, like they're going to ask for it. That's a lot. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know if I would do it. But, I mean, is Cooper Cup worth it? 31 years old, triple crown winner two years no. ago. No? Not not the way now every year, man. The guys that are coming out, there, like next year you're going to get Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. For a first-round yeah, draft. You've got five years – you know, where you're going to have him on a deal yeah. for three mil a year. Like, which brings nah. up now you're starting to kind of get into the running back conversation where you've got so many, so, you know, dozens of talented wide receivers. Maybe you don't need to pay 20 million, 15 million anymore for an OBJ or a Hopkins. You can get somebody on a rookie deal for, you know, whatever. Um, so now you kind of get back into that whole. That whole thing. Do the, the contracts for the wide receivers starting to come back yeah. down? Well, we um, saw, we thought that's what Tennessee was doing until they signed DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, that's why. I mean, that was the whole reason why they got rid of AJ Brown. They didn't want to pay him. They got the draft pick and got the higher, <laughs> and and got the wide receiver. And then they're like, nope, we're signing older DeAndre Hopkins instead <laughs> of AJ Brown. It's so weird. I, yeah. I just, I don't understand it. So could we agree that okay. it'd be more worth it for us to pay Saquon than the Giants? Because they're not even with them. They're not. They just they're not going to do I, it right. No, I, I think, think it's so more worth it. I think it's more team. worth. It. Right. Yeah, I think it's more worth it for the Giants to do it. Yeah, because he's going to get what ten to fifteen carries here in Buffalo. They're not going to be a running team. I don't care who's in the backfield. As long as we've got Josh Allen, they're going to throw the ball. So to pay any running back. Ten plus million. I don't know. Just doesn't make sense to me. They're going. They're going to throw it, but it, you, you figure Josh, whether it's a scramble or his design, Josh gets five carries a game. You know, you now with a Saquon, Josh doesn't have to run at all unless the play really breaks down. So you you take three of those carries away from Josh, and then you take away the jet sweep from McKenzie. You take away, you know, like the two. You, you take away that screen to Stephon Diggs that we really don't want to throw anyway. Heck yeah. Is it we don't I, want to or if, we don't know how to? What's that? Throw the screen. Because that was a big talk, uh, like topic during the season last year where, oh, we just don't know. Like, we can't run screens. We don't know how to run the screen. You know, it was like, did we not know how to or could we not because of the offensive line that we had? I think it could be both, but I, I, I just – it, to me, it's frustrating because, you know, I watch the 2020 season and we were so efficient with screens. We were so efficient. Now, John Brown was a big part of that. You know, yes. we don't have the same receivers that we had. Like John Brown was very good at it. He would catch mm -hmm. the ball, you know, two yards behind the line of scrimmage and break it for 20 yards almost every single time. Uh, we don't have the same kind of guys, but look, we were good at it and we have a completely different offensive coordinator. He actually did switch 
the offense and it was still successful. So I don't know. I think he grows this year. So I think, I think we can do it. I think we will do it. I think Kincaid helps that a lot. Um, but man, I miss, I'm telling you, if you guys get some time and you just like, just on some board stuff, man, go back and watch that first season that we got digs. Like from the very first game, man, Josh was different. It was so different. And the offense, the ball was flying out of his hands. It just popped. It hit receivers in the chest every time. Like, go back and watch that season. It was such a fun season. And it's like that that's the offense that I think that we need, man. And then once we're talking, you do a you do a doggone you talk about Saquon or a running back like yeah. that, please give me oh my God, man. We gotta keep moving up, right? We start playing at that level. Now we gotta stay there. <laughs> uh RJ brings up a good point here. Maybe it's the the issue is with is actually with Allen because because teams do typically play mobile quarterbacks differently. They typically want to try to contain them, so the edge defenders go up the field as opposed to going in and trying to collapse a pocket. Uh, so maybe that's part of the issue as well. Um, I, I think somebody like Trent Sherfield will help because he is a good blocking wide receiver, uh, and I think you need that on the outside of some of those screens to help out. Uh, hopefully, Khalil Shakir can can step up in that role. Some of the stuff I heard last year was that was one of the things he struggled with was was in the blocking. Um, but um, I I just actually I did an article earlier today talking about um, <laughs> five reasons Josh Allen's going to win the MVP this year. But uh, one of them was a year in Dorsey's system. If you go back and you look, uh, Neheim Hines brought it up, and there was some other player too that had mentioned this. And then I found a, a quote from the uh, running back, the, the Bills running back coach talking about the complexity of Dorsey's scheme and his play calling, it's not that easy. And um, I think with these players having a full year in this system now, and I think they're going to have a better understanding of it. I think we're going to see Neon Hines used a lot more in the passing game than we've seen. And, and Mike Casey, I've told you guys this before, bringing up uh, the comparison of Jared McKinnon. His first year with the Chiefs, he came into the season, I think three or four weeks in when they got him. So 13 games, he had 12 carries, 20 targets for the whole season, one touchdown. Then we know what he did last year, sets the running back record for receiving touchdowns. I think we're going to see something similar with Neheim Hines, and I think this offense does take a next step because they are more familiar now and more comfortable in, in Dorsey's system. And I know Dorsey's going to – and I well, let me see, rephrase that. I hope Dorsey learns from some of the things that he did last year, and I'm sure he probably went back, and I'm sure they all sat down and looked at game film and said, okay, we could have done this differently. Hey, let's implement this and do this and, and whatever. Because you think about it, and Sarah has mentioned this on her show before, Dorsey was a rookie OC, not just with the Bills, but in his life. He's never been an OC at any level. So like any rookie, he's going to develop. He's going to get better. Mm-hmm. I got no comment. Go ahead. I got no comment. <laughs> I, I can hear it bubbling. Just go ahead. And it, it, it was. Yeah. What, what's on your mind? So, I mean, PFF had Dorsey rated as the fifth best OC. Saw Do you that. guys truly believe that he's the fifth best OC in the in the game? Or is I it just the team, the team that he has? Well, I don't think you're going to find any OC that's going to have high numbers, you know, top five anything without a good team. Um, you know, I can't think of any examples right off the top of my head, but right, let's look at Washington. They got no quarterback. They they have Terry McLaurin. 
Um, I thought they had a running back, but it seemed like the coaching staff doesn't really know how to use them. Uh, you play, and we're going to see that this year with uh, Eric Bieniemy. He leaves KC, and I think that's a big reason why he hasn't got a head coaching job is because of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. We said so we all heard a lot of the same thing with Dayball when he left. Well, is it Josh Allen? Is that the reason why Dayball was able to do what he did? Well, no. <laughs> We're finding out that he's a pretty damn good coach. We might see the same thing from enemy. Maybe we don't. But um, I completely lost my train of thought. I don't know where I was going with that. but uh, I do that all the time. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, we were uh, talking about, you know, Casey asked if if we thought that he was really a top five offensive coordinator. And then the conversation was kind of going from there. I don't know if that helps or not. If not, it does. Whatever. I'm it sorry. Does. <laughs> to say, I'm struggling to, to try to figure directly, out. To answer the question yeah. directly, I would say top 10. I, I, I don't know if I'm ready to say top five just yet. Let's see what this season looks like. But I'd say top 10 for sure. All right. Yeah, I, I'm not prepared to put him in the top half of the league yet. Um, I, I think the fact that we have Josh Allen with Stephon Diggs, with you know Knox and whoever else you throw out there at receiver, Gabe or whoever at the time, um, I just think that Josh Allen makes things happen. If you if you go back and you look at last season, um, Josh played Superman every single week. Like there were even even the weeks that we blew teams out. Yeah, the scoreboard looked like it was. We, we blew teams out, but I'm telling you, it was because Josh Allen is just simply that amazing. It wasn't because the plays made it so easy for guys to walk in. it. Man, there were games that I watched, again, from that one season that, that we were just talking about, where Debo designed it up, where guys literally walked into the end zone. Josh Allen caught a touchdown in the freaking playoffs, man. Like, like it's <laughs> like just it, the easiest thing in the world. So it, it's, it, it was different. Now, you know, Josh Allen is he's pushing this offense. He's willing this offense. So um, I like him. I think he's going to get better this year. I know we had the number two offense in the league, but I don't think he's a top top five. Good Lord. No. Would you say Dave all was? Oh yeah. Dave to me, offensively, um, Andy Reed, Shanahan, I, I don't know if that, there's anybody else right now offensively that I would put over Brian Dayball. Like, he's insane, dude. Like, he, he's really an incredible offensive mind. So if you look at last year's numbers compared to the, or 2022 versus 2023, they're very, very similar between Dayball. Mm -hmm. So what is it that separates Dayball from Dorsey? If Allen made Dorsey, then is you could say the same the other direction as well. No. Well, Ken Dorsey yes. has to prove that, you know, he'd have to go through the same process as Dable to see what he would do elsewhere. Right. And I get your and I get your point. I mean, it, it, when we're talking, just if we're going to talk surface level on it, yes. Um, but I think you always have to try to provide some context. I think Josh Allen became as good as he is because of what he learned under Brian Dable. So I think the play design, I think the way he designed plays to where it taught Josh Allen, okay, at this point of the play, when it develops here, then you want to be here. Like this is what this is where you. So I think just what he learned from Dayball has helped him just to be a better quarterback going forward. Period. And then I think you know, I could have been the offensive coordinator for Tom Brady and won a Super Bowl. So and I'm not I saying that to say that. And, but you get what I'm saying. So, and I'm not saying yeah, that to say yeah, that that, um, that Dorsey was mm -hmm. bad. I don't think he was bad. Again, we had the number two offense in the league, but I think 
a good portion of 70% of that was the fact that we have Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs on offense. Yeah. Now we say you go ahead. You go ahead. I just wonder, Casey, are you saying are you saying he's a top five? You think so? No. No, no, I was wondering arguing, what, we're, we're, what we're thinking. Yeah, I was arguing against it. I right. mean, just so, the numbers may look similar of over the last two years, but uh, personally, like just the eye test, I think we can all say that at points last year, that offense looked, I mean, it got stagnant. I mean, yeah. it, it looked like, I mean, if we weren't, if we couldn't run a comeback, if we couldn't run a fly, we, we had nothing. You know, it, it there was a lot of vertical passing. There wasn't a lot of horizontal passing. There was not many plays of Diggs and Davis running across the field away from the defense. A lot of it was running up and at them and making them making them push up against us to see whether we're going to go deeper, deeper come back. And so it just it just the numbers were great because we had explosive plays, especially early on in the year. But at the end of the year, I mean, they, teams just started to run two two high safeties, and mm-hmm. we couldn't go deep. And so the offense just ran out of gas. I mean, Dorsey did not have an answer at the end of the year. And that, I mean, but that's, that's going to be the growth going into year two from not being a rookie. Okay. So they completely shut us down with cover two. So what, how am I going to get these guys open? It's not, it wasn't on the players. It was on Dorsey. Well, and I'll just add to that though. There, we saw plays, we saw some of the replays where there were guys underneath open and Allen just wouldn't throw it. Yes. Why, why is that? That's not, Dorsey, and I'm not, you know, advocating for Dorsey as a tough five. Like I said, I think maybe top ten, but and I do think there are some areas where he can grow. And to your point, Casey, that being changing things up. Like when we watch Chiefs play, freaking shoves Kelsey is open all the damn time. It's so frustrating. And that's not because he's. I mean, he's good. Don't get me wrong. But you don't think the defenses aren't trying to stop him? They are. But the Chiefs are really good about scheming guys open. That's the part of Dorsey's game that I think needs to improve because of the cover two, because of the bracketing that we saw on Diggs. But there were a lot of times, too, when that was Allen's decision decision to go deep and not hit the guy underneath that was open. Uh, and I also think Jamison Crowder injury early in the season completely changed what their plan was. Mm-hmm. That just wiped out their plans for the slot position. And I think I'm hoping Khalil Shakir is that answer this year. Um, but we'll, you know, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> But, I agree with you 100%, but that gets me thinking thing, about a topic. But well, well, real quick, the only thing that I would I would add to that or I would say is that, you know, when you when you talk about the difference of the two, like Dorsey it, it, I think it's one of those things where like cuz somebody I think it was Mike or Walter in the comments said that Dayball even got too much credit. I, I don't think I don't think that he I don't think that he did. And you know, they talk he he brought up 2018 and he was talking about how Allen was terrible. Allen needed growth. And guess what they did? Dayball was smart enough to develop an offense around an undeveloped Josh Allen. And then when Josh Allen took a step forward, he built an offense around an underdeveloped Josh Allen. And then when Josh Allen was developed, he so I think Dayball deserves all the credit in the world because every year he made the most out of whatever roster we had. And then you go over and you look at what Dayball is doing in New York, dude. Daniel Jones got 40 bills. You know what I mean? Like he, yeah. he, he got 40 bills. Like his, his account is sitting nice right now. After because, them not picking up his fifth year option. 
You see what I'm saying? And it it was it was the scheme and was it was the genius of what Brian Dayball. He makes every player on his offense. He gets the best out. Like he just squeezes that little bit of like he made Isaiah McKenzie. Never mind. <laughs> say it, say it, preach, please, because I have the same opinion. I think we all it's like that one. the year that that he really used Isaiah McKenzie as a weapon. That's what got Isaiah McKenzie that additional contract with us because he was this jet sweet king and he was like this gadget player that he ate New England alive twice and he just Brian Dayball. He's not going to do that in Indiana. I guarantee you. <laughs> I guarantee no. you. You will not see Isaiah McKenzie yeah. eating. He is not. I'm gonna just tell you. He's not who we thought he was. He's not. Do you think that's is that part of the reason he's not here anymore? Because Dayball's gone and the yeah. right the way yeah. Dayball was using him, right? Absolutely. I'm shocked yeah. he didn't go to the Giants, to be honest yeah. with you. I, I was just I was watching week six there. from last year, uh earlier before we got on. So mm. I was seeing plenty mm. of McKenzie in that game. Mm. He had it rough. <laughs> he had it rough, man. They were on him. We're, mm. we're gonna go ahead and transition from this before Spence has a has a fit. Uh, All right. where's my weed? Uh, <laughs> uh, one of the uh, for everybody who's listening uh, whether it's on the live show or, or the podcast later on one of the things that we want to start doing on the show is is getting some feedback some questions and comments from from our listeners that we can discuss pre-show or not pre-show but the, the beginning of the show i think that'd be a lot of fun to answer questions talk about you know whatever comments you have one of the things and this was not posted online but my my neighbor who's a chiefs fan um, he roots for the Bills when it's not the Chiefs, so he's a really good friend. <laughs> uh, he brought up the question that from what he when he watches the Bills, the one guy on the field on the defense that stands out for him is Matt Milano. That to him is the best defensive player the Bills have. So it kind of got me thinking because we have a lot of guys that could fit that spot. You know, we we can put in uh, Poyer or Hyde or Miller uh, into that. So I just want to hear from you guys what you think about is. Uh, Matt Milano, the best defensive player on the Bills roster. I'll let you start, Casey. I think he is. I mean, at this point in time, he is. We don't know what Von is going to be coming back, and we all have hopes that he's going to get back to eight sacks and whatever it was, 10 weeks with us next year. But we don't know if he's going to start on the pup, if he's going to be ready week one. Um, Tredavious White see how he does in his second year out from that ACL injury. If he can get back to the way he was, he can definitely be thrown in that conversation. Um, Jordan Poyer, as always, I mean, all pro Poe. And then, but somebody to look out for this year. I mean, if he takes that true step would be Groot. I mean, if he can solidify himself as an op, a number one opposite of Von Miller or Leonard Floyd, who is, we assume is going to take the void till Von gets back. If Groot can step up and get, you know, 10, 12 sacks a season, then, hey, he, he might be it. He might be the answer. But at this point in time, it, it's got to be Milano. I mean, it's hard say? to argue that. He's healthy, you know. But other than that, yeah. I'd say, you know, our secondary, obviously. Um, Poyer, Poyer Hyde, right up there. We still want to see more from Trey right now. And – uh yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on the uh, on the group thing too. I'm all for it. <laughs> I'm just shocked Let's that nobody's just saying like, up. you know, obviously health. But if Von is healthy, like Von is by far the best defensive player we have. Yeah, like I, right, healthy. Um, Milano, he was he's an All Pro now, so I'm gonna put some respect on his name. But um, 
it's it's a he he deserves all the love he gets. This is not coming from a place of hate. I love him. He deserves every single bit of it. He is a ball hawk. The way he continuously stops guys behind the line of scrimmage, like running backs, he, he's just he's insane. He's incredible. So, but it it amazes me how quickly um, he's grown in the hearts of Bills Mafia. Like everybody loves Matt Milano. Like I don't think I I don't think I know a person who doesn't love Matt Milano, and I think that's great, and he deserves that. But on defense, man. I don't know, man. Like we have a team full of studs. Like Teron Johnson just might be the best at his position in the entire NFL. Yeah. You're not like, wrong. Teron Johnson is a stud, dude. Like, like I don't think I don't think Bills Mafia truly like I know some some of us do because we're a very smart fan base. But I'm saying like I don't think we really appreciate just how much like Teron Johnson is like the glue to this. De- that dude is incredible, man. Incredible. So I, I don't know. My vote will go with Terra. Which right. is why and we're you're talking about. Yeah. So you're talking yeah. more like the key player scheme fit than, you know, may not be the player with the most stats or, you know, the highest rated player or the longest playing player. I think that they, they like don't that. rate him properly because I think Terra Johnson, right? like, I don't even know his Madden rating. Uh, I got to look that up, but. I think like <laughs> only an 84. Yeah. Low 80s. I know we're biased. We're Bills fans, so I'm going to be like, man, all that's trash. <laughs> no, but that's I mean, trash. like, yeah. but honestly, when it comes to him, man, like that dude, yo, I'm telling you, you're not going to find a better nickel or slot corner in the league. I mean, it, it's like, he and Kenny Moore. I mean, those are the only two. T- like, those are the top two. And I would and say, him. not being yeah. biased, I'm going to take Teron Johnson over Kenny Moore. Yep. Teron's much more physical than Kenny is. Kenny's very good in the in uh, pass pro, but Ter- Teron just can. I mean, he bulldozes people. I think yeah. this is his year. I, I think this is the year that he gets his like all pro nod and all that stuff. I think you know. I think just like last year was Matt's. I think this is this is the year for Teron. That'd be right. sweet. I think I think one of the reasons why the Bills Mafia probably adheres to Milano so much is the fact that he's taken a couple of pay cuts uh, and taking less money to stay with the team, and that. Uh, you know, resonates with Bill's mafia and the, the blue collar mentality. Sarah says Milano was great with Edmonds on the field. I, it makes it to me, I, maybe I'm misreading that, but she's saying that Milano is going to struggle without Edmonds on the field this year. Is Am I reading too much into that? What do you guys think? I think you m- might be reading a little too much <laughs> into it. I don't think she's saying that he won't be, but right. I, I think from what we've seen, um, we've absolutely seen Milano struggle at times that Edmonds wasn't on the field. Uh, the Vikings game comes to my mind first off the top. You know, we were we were up by multiple touchdowns when Edmonds was in. Shout out to my guy. I miss you, dog. Oh. Shout out to Tremaine Edmonds. Yeah. But when he went out the second half, it was a tragedy. Yeah, well, but we've seen the defense fall apart when Milano's come off the field too, and Edmonds is still out there. Yeah. I think the two work beautifully in tandem, um, and it's going to be interesting to see what they do in this uh, with this season. There's one other thing here. There was a question in here that somebody brought up, and I wanted to. Oh, here it is. Um, oh, if Groot no. doesn't get double digit sacks in season his rookie contract, do you give him a second contract? Well, we still got snaps, right? How many Real snaps quick. is he playing? Before, I, yeah, I'm gonna forget because my mind is like that. Can I? Can I real quick? 
I don't know. Let's not be throwing dirt on Tremaine like that. I feel like Tremaine, he <laughs> held the defense together. Like, I'm trying to think of when – because I think of a time when, when Matt Milano went out and then A.J. Klein won Defensive Player of the Week. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, I feel like I remember A.J. Klein, like, kind of being that guy when Matt Milano went – I don't know. I, I could be wrong. Uh... <laughs> I could be wrong. But I'm just saying when, when, when Tremaine went out, I guarantee you, Bills Mafia will miss Tremaine Edmonds. I guarantee you. Oh, I don't um, disagree with that at all. Same I don't. Brainwave. But sorry, I just had to throw no, it in there. So, I'll be throwing shade on my that, guy, Tremaine. Do you guys think that Bills Mafia got a little bit more love for Milano this year because, A, he got that all-pro nod, and, B, Tremaine left? Like, do you think they're like, all right, like, Milano's our guy. You know, like, they're like, everybody's like, screw Tremaine. Like, we have Milano. Like, do you think like that, like that kind of boosted him a little bit more? I think in the way that Milano has stayed, like, like I said, he's taking less money to just to stay in Buffalo because he wants to finish what they've started here. He wants to continue to be a part of what they're building. And, and uh, Edmonds apparently didn't. He wanted to get paid, which is fine. But, uh, yeah, I think that's a big part of it. I think, like I said, the, the blue-collar blue mentality of Bills Mafia fits with Milano. Um, so I think, you know, the Bills fans kind of fall in love with that a lot. And not saying that I don't appreciate that. I remember when he was a free agent or a pending free agent, and everybody's like, oh, he's gone. He's taken, you know, huge money to go play elsewhere. And then next thing you know, he signs for, you know, I mean, it's still millions, but <laughs> yeah. Um, Right. So it was pocket change compared to what he could have got in that open market. He'll go yeah. down as one of the all-time favorite players. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. Absolutely. And just to especially add to what you're saying he deserves it though. It's not like I don't think it was because of the contract. I, I don't think everybody loves him because he took less. I don't think they love him because he, I think he deserves it. You know, like just the pure effort the, he puts in. Yeah, man. Like yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I don't sure. think I've ever seen him take a playoff. You know what I mean? He's one of the night. If you ever get a chance to meet him, he's one of the nicest guys. He plays all the, the women love him. Yeah, he plays. The, he plays through the whistle. Yeah. He plays through the whistle every single time. And like I said, so he's good with kids. The community loves him. He does a lot of charity for Buffalo. He he's quiet. He's never in the media, ever in the media. Wow. You know. And then, like I said, women think you're hot. It's over. Like it's over. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> the Bills yeah, Mafia. They, they got a poster <laughs> of him. I yeah, gotta throw this cool. in, uh, Casey and I. I, I, I was. I just gotta throw this out there. We were chatting about Milano one day, and I, I was telling him he looked like uh, Milano off Wish. <laughs> What's up with this today? Why is everybody? Why is everybody? <laughs> I just remember that I said that in a text. It was funny. Hey. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the group question. Um, does he does he get a second contract if he doesn't get? I mean, he's only year three. He was a first rounder, so I mean, he I would imagine they'd pick a fifth year option. But I personally think he gets double digit sacks anyway, so it's kind of a moot point. But what do you guys think? Or is he if he doesn't hit that double digit mark, do we give him a second contract? Is he's got to have the reps if he's in the game and has the reps and has the opportunities to get that, and he doesn't do it. You know, then then we start, you know, maybe moving on. But if he's not, you know, the guy that's in there every snap, I mean, I guess you can't really expect him uh, to do that. You know, Von Miller's injury and, and status has a lot to do with that too. You know, there's healthy. You know, there's a few guys at that position. Um, I think it really depends on the reps he gets, and and 
Now, if he gets half the reps, then maybe, you know, half the sacks. I don't know. It doesn't seem that doesn't seem that great at that point. So maybe maybe he does he does have to do that this year, no matter what. I agree with Mike, but like I agree with Mike, but I feel like at what point at what point will things change? You know, like so if because for the last few years we've been saying like the defensive line is good, but they're just not quite it's like we're just not quite getting it done. When Von Miller went out, we didn't quite get to the quarterback enough. When you know, so it's like we keep so why would we keep paying the same guys to come back to give us the same thing? You know, like to me, so it's like, yeah, if he doesn't get double digit sacks to me at this point, I get it. He, the, he's a phenomenal player. If we can bring him back on a, on a decent contract, sure. But the contract, but that I think he's going to get, nah, I, I draft or sign a free agent for the same amount of money that I know consistently will give me the results that I want. He, at this point grew, first of all, the, the, the group was projected to be a top 10 draft pick. You know what I mean? Like I get it. He sat a year out, so he failed to us, but he was projected to be a top 10 draft pick. So the fact that he's coming in as like this, you know, five star and he's not already really Vaughn should have been the second best defender on that line. Third, really, Oliver is young enough that I feel like Oliver should be there. So I don't know. I wouldn't have given Oliver the contract either, though, but that's just me. I don't know how everybody feels about that. But we're paying these guys that we're drafting that's not getting the job done. But it's like, when are we going to – okay, you want to get to the quarterback. Okay, you draft a guy every year. We draft one year, one in the first and second round. Still can't do it. All right, so then in free agency, you go out and get Vaughn. Vaughn comes in, it works. We're getting to the quarterback. Great. He gets injured. Guess what? The guys that you drafted, it doesn't work. So go back to free agency. It worked there. Get rid of the guys you drafted. You <laughs> obviously can't draft guys that gets to the quarterback. It's true. So you think yeah. it's not just because he's young, you know, he just might not be it. No, I, I think right. he's a good player. It might not yeah. be the fit. Maybe, the, right. maybe they don't know what they're doing on the defensive line and we give them too much credit. <laughs> I don't know. But for some reason, you know, you look around the league and you see these guys, these teams draft guys, that get to the quarterback. You look at that. I get it. Not everybody can get a Mark, Micah Parsons. I get mm-hmm. it. But Dallas has no issue getting to the quarterback. You look around. Who, who are the teams that we got to go through? Kansas City has no issue getting to the quarterback. Their defensive line has no issue getting to the quarterback. <laughs> I don't know. They they only got I – and mean, they lost Frank Clark. Well, they did lose. They, they, they're okay. extending, they extended Chris Jones. But, I mean, George Karloftis, I mean, he – Right. He didn't. Impre- he didn't impress me any much any more than Group did. I bet it, you this year, his rookie year, and again they're going to be in the top ten at, in sacks. I, I bet you, as a team, as a team, they'll be in the top ten of sacks. Oh, <laughs> you should bet Casey Frank a Clark. pie in the face because he loves that. <laughs> I, I, whatever you want to bet, that's how confident I am. I'll bet you whatever you want to bet live on air. I will agree to your terms because that's how confident I am that they'll be in the top ten in sacks as a unit. Let me do a little bit more digging. We'll have you back on the show. We'll figure it out. <laughs> All right. oh. I'm just saying, that's how because I'm telling you. Well, I was I was started recording a clip. I was going to document this. <laughs> look at look here's at the, thing. I, the Eagles. You know the team. The good teams get to the quarterback. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you talking. Go ahead, my bad, man. No, you're good. But no, even the Eagles. Um, I can't remember who the rookie is. They would not not this year, but the year before. He wasn't as big a fact. Typically, defensive linemen. If you look historically, 
they don't have a major impact their first year or even two years. The exceptions being somebody like Michael Parsons, which to me, Parsons, and I, this drives me crazy when people use this term, but to me, he is legitimately a generational talent. You don't have guys like that very often, which is why they're called generational talents. Um, this year, to me, for Gru, I don't want to say it's a prove it year, but I do want to see him take that next step to be the guy. Like we expected Oliver to be the guy by now, and he's not. He needs people around him. Um, Miller, Von Miller is that guy, and people around him are more success, successful because of him. I do want to see that see that this year out of Groot, so that if a Miller does go down, we're still okay because Groot's going to get to him. He doesn't have to be like Bruce Smith. He doesn't have to be Micah Parsons, but you know somebody the defense have to pay attention to. Um, but I, I to to expect that right off the bat, I think is is too much for a rookie most in most cases. I mean that and. Groot and Spence said Groot sat out the year, but he also had only played one full year at defensive end before. I believe he was, I think he was playing like running back or quarterback or something like that. I mean, he was, he wasn't playing defensive end. So, I mean, that he was projected top 10 because of athletic traits. I mean, he, he's just a monster, you know, in athletic traits and they could see, I mean, he had 10 sacks in his one year he played in 15 games. So they were like, oh, oh, my God, you know, if he takes any sort of step forward, he just hasn't taken that step forward yet. So, I mean, like it, it's in there. It, But like Ronnie said, I like I think this like is starting these next three years are like I mean, it's the prove it year and the prove the prove it years. And th- they brought in Leonard Floyd for a reason. You know, they it's dip back. They brought they dip yep. back into free agency in case. Like it because they know he can get to the quarterback and they know 100%. Only player, like in what there's four or five players have nine plus sex the last three years, he's one of them, you know. So he's going to do the job. So I don't know, Groot. This is the this year and the following is going to be very big for him. Now, one thing I will add to that, and I will say, I do think things will be different for Groot this year. Like, I'm very yes. so I, I'm the the bad energy i bring any any type of negativity is is from what i've seen in the past i'm very optimistic and i'll tell you why i know a lot of people aren't i'm even reading the comments sean mcdermott is the is the defensive coordinator this year and i know people think that he's a soft-minded defensive coordinator or defensive-minded coach i'm just going to tell you he's a lot more great i think we'll probably be more upset this year like teams will have a lot more bigger plays like there will be more large plays because we'll be going for interceptions. We're going to be going to knock the ball out. We're going to be like, so when, when you sell out the way that the bills are going to sell out this year, you're going to have a play where, you know, Trey white is going to just miss an interception and a guy catches it and takes off for 60. It's okay. We're going to have a couple of those this year. It's going to happen, but I'm telling you right now that defensive line. Oh, it's worth it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You You don't bring in like we do to rely on, man. Oh man. And you don't bring in Puna Ford, you don't bring in Floyd, you don't bring in those guys like that unless you're Mm -hmm. saying, you know what, we want the big guys up front to be beasts and we want to try to stop the run and we're going to try to get after the quarterback. And then we we want the back end, we want those guys to run free and be hawks. We want them to go after the ball. I'm telling you, it's going to be crazy, man. You don't sign Taylor Rapp. That's not for depth. It's not depth. No. No. Agreed. Let me ask you really quick. Let's go, man. (laughs) I can't wait to see the defense. That's one, uh, the thing I'm most excited about for this season. But really quick, 
Uh, you said that the Chiefs, you guarantee a top five in sacks. Where do you think Buffalo falls in? Assuming health. Let's assume health. That's a 10 uh, for the Chiefs. I don't want, he going to really beat me in the bed if it's five. It's 10. Bills. <laughs> okay, 10. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I think the Bills probably fall somewhere in the middle of the pack, but it's only because Vaughn is not going to be healthy the entire season. I think if Vaughn was healthy, we'd be a, we'd be a top seven defensive. The guys that we brought in should be able to do it, but I think there's going to be a little bit of growing pains at the beginning because it's a new defense technically. And I know people are saying like it's, Sarah said we were 14th last year. So I, I feel like we'll be kind of be in the same space. But if Vaughn was – because if Vaughn was healthy all year last year, we would have been top five. Easy. Easy. And, and sacks or overall defense? I mean, overall defense and sacks, Goals. we would have been top five. I <laughs> yeah. feel like we, – what, what were we top uh, – what were we overall we were, for defense? We were sixth. Sarah? We were sixth last year. Number With, six, like, outside. half the starters gone. Let's just be clear about yeah. that one. Right, with half no the Micah starters Hyde. missing, no, no, Micah Hyde, no, like ha- half of Jordan Poyer, like bare, like <laughs> half a year of Von Miller, half oh, a year of Tre'Davious White, platooning cornerback two between three players, Ed, Ed Oliver, Daquan Jones, everybody missed time. People still don't recognize that, like in our fan base. Yeah, I know. We yeah. lost three games by eight points in the season. Then we lost the last game of the year. Got got beat down at home. I get it. So we lost four games total last year, and we act like some some of us act like the defense. Like yo, the sky. I get it. We lost that last game, but yo, man, we were amazing. We were beast without our top guys. Yeah. Mm -mm. So really fast because we're way over time. Uh, Bills number four Mm -hmm. DVOA on defense, Uh, and then Walter here. Uh, he thinks crack top 10 in sacks. I, I would agree with top 10. Yeah, like, if everybody's healthy, I wouldn't be shocked if top five. I would love to be wrong. But but uh, anyways, we're going to get out of here. We are over time. Uh, again, thank you, everybody, for, for joining us today. Uh, again, MafiaCast, we're on the Buffalo Rumblings uh, Network. Spence, what, what do you got going on this week? Well, next week, uh, I guess. <laughs> I was going to say, this week, I'm done. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but next week I have, um, who do I have joining me? Nikki Smokes from uh, Barstool will be joining the Code of Conduct. We're going to be talking, obviously, Bills and Dolphins. Uh, probably talk some basketball. So he's a Heat fan and his team got beat down in the finals. So I want to <laughs> talk about that. So, uh, but no, we're, so I'll have him on. And then, you know, Hump Day is officially back as well. So me and Joe will be uh, back at it next Wednesday. So, yeah, just. Appreciate everybody hanging with Buffalo Rumblings, man. We, we got a big year coming. Big year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Training yeah, camp opens next week. Yeah. Training camp is about to yep. start. All right. Thank you, everybody. So, for the uh, Bill, I can't talk right now. The Mafia cast. <laughs> we'll see you all next, uh, next week and uh, go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills.